leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are back with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. It is Mondays with Dr. Dan. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, demystifying cybersecurity for people and helping awesome leaders hire great talent. Dan, do you want to introduce yourself? Dan Schaefer, of Peak Performance Strategies. I help people get a edge very quickly, uh, controlling mind game strategies, situation and influence. So the question is, what do you need to have happen right now? It's not happening. And what's in the way? I help you find out what's Awesome, Dan. So, um, Dan, over the over the last couple of days, and I think just building up with COVID nineteen, with all of the you know political unrest, with everything that's going on right now, um, and now you know the president being in hospital and things like that, people are very very stressed out. There's a lot of anxiety I'm hearing, um, a lot of stress, and as a cybersecurity professional in particular that's layered on top of all the other stresses that people have. So the question for today that's gonna to be kicked off is, what are your major stresses as a security professional? And that's for the audience. And what keeps your board of directors up at night? Great question. I said to Renee, I just received a letter from a rehab facility up here in uh, Westchester County that uh, that they were the, the uh, cyber security uh, cyber criminal gained access to their systems and acquired copies of customer databases uh, with the purpose of extorting ransom from the information they gained. Uh, the criminal was paid an undisclosed amount of money and the data files were destroyed, or so they say. Um, so the question is, is that it goes on and on and on, and it's their financial fundraising on was was it so what gets in the way we we always back to the issue of of selling yourself how do you sell yourself to somebody to let them know how much they need you uh, because knowing that they need cybersecurity protection uh is is not something people are born so the challenges that i see people running into that i work with uh are how what I say to my board of directors, what do I say to people to, to keep people up at night? And then how do I invest the appropriate amount of resources needed to protect themselves? So uh, those are the kind of questions, and, you know, we're, we're looking for people to say, these are the kind of things that we run into on a regular basis or concern us. So uh, we ask everybody that's listening. 
what gets in your way what's um what stresses keeps you up at night is it the team under you are you a sole practitioner um do you have to answer to a board or to a, an executive suite i really don't know but it's helping people to get through those situations and anticipate them and prepare for them so at the end they come out being really really good right and then when you've worked with the people who you've worked with a number of leaders who have had these types of stresses and you know not outside of cybersecurity because you work with people from all walks of life athletes and CEOs of fortune 500 companies and things like that when they have been um, you know when they are going under when they are under this anxiety under as what you call the waterfall of the never ending cyber attacks that have grown by 400% during the pandemic, according to the FBI, which is unbelievable. Um, what have you been able to, how have you been able to help them, um, you know, stay focused, reduce the anxiety and, you know, come out <laughs> without, without completely having like a nervous breakdown or like some kind of mental situation? Well, that, that's a great question, but that's no different than a professional athlete confronts, a hockey goaltender confronts, uh, a person who is uh, a fight. A cart. It's basically uh, individual. This is not let's book, let's get some strategies. This is what can you do as an individual. When I worked with HP, um, every situation that we dealt with, our leadership development came down to one thing. How can you help me to deal more effectively with what I have to deal with? And we put strategies together. Uh, I've told people on this call before, I use hypnosis alone to help people pick these strategies up and, and how how effectively they use them. Not at all effective, don't. But it's like anything else, you know, you will give people a cybersecurity arena and they either take your advice or they don't. What's the cost of that? But I show people how to do this very, very quickly. I mean, even on this, even on this phone call, uh, if you uh, index finger together and on it like it's a dimmer switch, you may notice that the straight back of your neck and your shoulders relaxes. Uh, they, a hypnotic suggestion works like a charm. And how long does it last? I had a call from a woman probably two months ago who I worked with eight years ago to prepare her for surgery when she was going to surgery to be more relaxed and comfortable. And she said to me, I was amazed. She said, I was in a negotiation she said, I felt tight and I felt anxious. And I, I put my thumb and index finger together. She said, and it worked. I couldn't believe it worked that long. Why does it work? Because it's in his subconscious mind as a tool that will help her accomplish what she wants. So it's, it's uh, but it defies conventional wisdom. Uh, it's not uh, take a, a gummy bear or something. It's just. It's not something that 
you know, no drugs involved, but to walk away and have these tools available to you when you need them are valuable to some people, not to others. And, and that's always the choice. Do you, um, what, what do you do to help yourself? And, and if there's something out there that's not normal or common, okay, the people have to make a decision. Are they going to jump on it or not? Dan, Gina says, Gina King says, yes, when I start first, I help them clean the toilets. <laughs> who, is she, who, who did she help clean the toilets? <laughs> Gina, who did you help? <laughs> is that a de-stressor? Oh man. So, um, so Dan, when you are, when you're working, helping people, like you've helped me in the past with super stresses and anxiety and things like that with, um, with hypnosis, with, you know, preparing for surgery, um, me in particular, preparing for all my pregnancies that tended to be (laughs) entertaining (laughs) and, uh, and um, anxiety driven. Um, so those strategies that you use when you're using them with um, athletes and other people, do people, and we talk about mistakes and things like that all the time. So when do they typically call and reach out for stuff like that? Like when, um, when does that, when does that happen? Are they in the middle of the, 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 the plug getting ready to go into the fan or? Well, it it, it takes on a variety of situations. Either they anticipate if we worked together before and they know there are strategies that they can learn or can be learned very quickly to adapt to these situations. And they know they're going into a situation. I always think it's better to prepare before you go in than to come out and say, boy, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. I wish I called sooner. I wish I made this decision. And, and believe me, that's what these people are saying that, that wrote this letter, that they wish they had protected their data. They wish they, I don't know who they have in it running their cybersecurity organization. But the point is, it's always the cat's out of the, the, cat's out of the bag. So how do we, how do you do that? What the, the anxiety that comes from this is, first of all, knowing that you could have done something to help yourself and that you didn't do it. The other thing is, is that a company didn't decide to hire a person on the level that you recruit people uh, soon enough. They didn't think it was important enough. Uh, when, when, when it cost them a lot of money, which I'm sure it cost them a fortune with this thing. And then the next question is, is, you know, what do you, what do you do with, uh, with your reputation? You were in charge of this. You didn't protect us. And you know, who, who, who's going to get thrown under the bus? So people always look at this individually and say that if I'm running this organization, I'm running this operation, then I really need to have a different way of thinking. And, you know, Renee is aware that what, you know, what we've talked about has had nothing to do with recruiting. It has nothing to do with cybersecurity. It has to do with an individual's mind game. How do you identify what your A game is? How do you ramp up your A game? 
What does your A game need right now that it doesn't have? What about the A games of the people who report to you? Uh, what kind of shape are they in? How do they ramp up? I mean, they can take courses and courses and courses, but ultimately a lot of this stuff comes down to individual personal performance. What do they do? So how do you make, how do you make that happen effectively? And these fall back to everybody who's on the call. Everybody is different, Renee. Everybody has a different thought process. Everybody's under different pressures. So there's not one, one paint that's gonna put a coat over everything. Each one is individual. So how do you deal with the individual situations? Right. Is a person, has a person just come into a new position? In which case, you know, we have a whole 90 day program for that. But when somebody comes into a new position, what do you need to be concerned about? What has derailed other people? And that's what brings us back this mistakes marketing concept. Mm -hmm. What mistakes have your companies made before they became your client? And what did it cost them in money, emotion, reputation? And then what people are doing today is they're selling the mistakes. And they're yeah. looking for you, you're looking for unique ways to get people to understand they need them. Right. You know. And what mistakes did they make before they hired you too? For folks who are full-time employees and organizations, same concept. Exactly. Because you know, because that's what you know, when when I I've asked Renee, and we've talked about this a lot, what mistakes have your clients made before they became your client? They waited around too long. They didn't ask the right questions. Internal politics in the company prevented them from making good decisions. Mm -hmm. The do-it-myself attitude. I can do this myself. I can recruit somebody myself. I don't need to go to CyberHC. <laughs> you know, I, I can do it myself. Well, okay. Right. Okay. You know, you can do a lot of stuff yourself. But the point is, is that, you know, there are things that decisions that people make in moving forward that have immediate consequences. And then there are others that have invisible consequences. You never know. Right. So Gina says to her follow up with the toilets question, she said, as so many firms, she tries to do the dirty work with them first. So she helps them do what they already hate doing. So get well, into dirty work. Yeah, well, I, I can I can imagine it. That's if that's working for you, that's fantastic. But you know, one of the things is a lot of people don't know what they have to do and don't know they're creating dirty work and don't know that they're messing things up. Terrence said, Terrence Ryan says, Steve Katz, credited with being the first chief information security officer, jested that he slept like a baby, meaning getting up every two hours and crying. That is awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that is good, Terrence. That, that's the truth. And the people, you know, there's so much, there's such a mental health um, 
I don't want to call it a crisis, but there's a lot of um, mental health challenges for people in this field because of the pressure, because of the immediate, you know, the next breach, you know, you could be the scapegoat or what have you. Um, it's a, it's a very, very stressful, it's a stressful role or a stressful profession without a pandemic in a political climate the way it is and all of this stuff that's going on. So then you pile these other things on. Right. And so the question comes back to how do you, uh, how do you deal with that? Do you have, do you have a, are you all aware of how really, really good you are at what you do? Some people aren't. Some people don't know what they do well. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, you, you have to um, instill confidence in the people you're working for and caution and not making, not making mistakes with that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's, uh, but each situation is different. But the outcome is the same. The outcome that you want to achieve is the same. The objectives are the same. How do you protect the company that you work for? And do people really know the risk of clicking on this email or let, who knows? Right. I mean, the advertising they're doing now on cybersecurity or on, on securing your data where somebody's walking, just walking through a mall and people are picking up all their information, mm -hmm. you know. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, it's, it, it's, you have to watch the adventure channels, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the ones with explosions on them. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, you know, everybody is dealing, first thing is it's important with stress is you have to identify when you're stressed. You have to identify what it looks like, feels like, and sounds like when, you, when you're stressed. So how do you do that? Well, uh, it, it's, it, it's important to be able to, uh, to talk about that with people and put it in. Dan, the calls are coming in. Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> but... They want to interrupt us at 11 o'clock. It always happens. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think the thing is everybody has to look at their own situation and say, what's working for me? Do I, need, do I need to be more effective? Do I need to be able to control my mind game? I mean, I'll come back to, uh, to my hockey goaltenders. Uh, no more high-pressure situation than somebody hitting a puck at right. you at 100 miles an hour. But the point is, is that, so I would say to them, uh, and you can extrapolate this to the situation you're dealing with. Tell me what it looks like, sounds like, and feels like when you perform at your best. I don't hear any crowds. That's how focused I am. Um, the puck is the size of a dinner plate, and the game moves very slowly. When one of those three things change, I know I'm losing my concentration. I said, what do you do to get it back? He says, I hope it comes back. Well, hope is not a strategy, but there are ways to get it back. There are ways to bring yourself right back into the present. So it involves doing exactly what athletes do. What distracts you? What, what gets you distracted? 
uh, how do you manage that distraction? How do you anticipate the distraction? Uh, and what, what distracts the people who you're trying to convince either to fund what you're planning on doing or get you more people uh, on your team or ramp up your team uh, to develop new business. Uh, you know, everybody's, I, I found that when you took really high tech people like with Hewlett Packard and they all of a sudden took them out of sales and put them into managing a country, mm -hmm. challenges were dramatically different. Right. And they couldn't use the same management strategies that they used when they were managing a team of people to manage a country or a region of the world. So it's, it's being really aware of what you do well and how to ramp your skills and talents up. And it, 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 it costs people money. It costs companies money not to pay attention to that stuff. Mm -hmm. well, Especially now. I think now more than ever, it's sure. important. Sure. And, and, you know, but people people are on edge. I mean, mm -hmm. I've spoken to some high-tech people that haven't been out of their house in six months. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, they can work from home. Right. Some people can't. So what do they do next? And, and realizing the situation that people are in and how to help them with that. And there are companies now that are coming along and saying, you know, uh, this stuff is something I was not trained to do. I need to bring some other people in to take care of it. I could always recruit somebody. Well, now it becomes costly not to use Renee, I think, anyway. Because I always kid her. I said, you know, if you're looking for a cybersecurity person, do you go to the yellow pages? No, you don't. <laughs> exactly. And, and the other thing, too, is what's going on today is conversion and poaching. Yes. Huge. How do you convert somebody from another provider to you, which there's a strategy to make that happen much faster than people would expect? And how do you prevent people from poaching your business? You know, are the people you're dealing with being trained effectively? Are they being supported or are they left out to hang out to dry? Right. Dan, Ben. So a couple comments here. Jeff White says, great, thoughtful feedback. Thank you, Jeff. And Ben, Dan, that was back when you were uh, giving some tips. Ben says, oh, wait, this isn't the ad. So Ben, we don't have a chance to look at the ad right now, but I'm, I'm really curious as to what the ad is. And I guess Dan, the, Ben is talking about the ad or a similar ad that what you have, that what you've seen where you're walking down the street and people are just grabbing your information. Yeah, I mean, somebody's standing in a, in a bus shelter and all of a sudden you see their whole bank account come up on the screen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But people, people don't really realize it, that that's what's going on. Yeah. I mean, you said it last week and you've been saying it and I've been saying it um, more and more is, you know, trying to demystify security. And for you or for most people um, that it's one big mystery and people don't fully understand what's going on. So Ben laughs. Ha ha ha. It's a minority report clip for where he goes to the store. So. OK. So similar sounds like to what you have. Um, 
But most people thinking this a mystery and like, you know, like you getting that letter. I got a letter last week too about, I think it was the hospital where I had my children and, you know, they, there was a breach and they talked about very, very similar things as well as the, the local school in this County, Fairfax County schools and their breach. And we got an email regarding that. And, you know, I think it, is definitely touching like the ramifications of not having the right security controls in place and the right security executives and professionals on your team, especially, you know, not only to help with the prevention, but then with the response, um, you're seeing it more and more. And I think more people are um, becoming aware of it you know, it almost feels like back when it happened with Target way back when, 10 years ago, whatever the case was, you know, it was such a big, it was across the board, you know, like every, um, it really hit individuals and people started to kind of realize like, what is, what is this? Um, right. Same thing with like Twitter, whenever it hits like something that people, that's consumer based that people can tell, oh, wow, you know, this, this is, you know, this is affecting this is how it affects people's lives. And the people behind the scenes who you all know and I all know trying to, you know, contain this stuff. You know, it, it's how, how many people that each person on his phone call talks to about this are asking the right questions. I think if there's one thing that, that, uh, this community could do, particularly in this month where everybody's focusing on this, is to give the average person in the street the right questions to be asking. You know, what, what they don't even know the questions to ask. Right. And then the second phase of that is it's astounding to me at how when people have questions, they always seem to go to the wrong people. Somebody who has no ability to help them, you know, they, I don't know, but it's how do you assess that you're talking to the right person? Right. For not, sure. Not, not easy. It's not. And Jeff makes some really good points here for people who know who are in the industry. He says beyond security controls, incident response policies, tabletop exercises are a necessity for response and remediation to a cyber incident, in my opinion, get left of the boom through proactive planning. And Jeff I agree 100%. It's kind of like drills, you know? So for people who are watching, who don't understand what this means, incident response policies and tabletop exercises, it's the, it's the drill, it's the plan. It's like, you know, when you tell your children stop, drop and roll when it comes to, um, you know, the preparation. So you, you anticipate right. this thing is going to happen. What do you do? If someone comes at, you know, to knock at your door, what do you, you know, if, 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 when you tell you teach your children, like when do you call nine one one? You know, you prepare them. So it's the preparation right. for you know there's a breach coming. You know, you know it's not if it's when. When something happens, what are we going to do? Right. That's what he's describing there. And that that to me really is preparation for competition. I see that all the time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I've I've been astounded at the preparation for competition of my professional athletes. Right. Uh, to, to, to a degree that uh, that you wouldn't imagine. Yeah. So we talk about, you know, active shooter teams now. 
you know, I worked with active shooter teams to help people prepare so that it happens subconsciously. You don't, since you don't have time to think, you have to put it into a, and since thinking oftentimes becomes a distraction and pulls you off your obstacle, you need to prepare it so that it's automatic. Mm-hmm. Martial arts responses are automatic after right. someone is trained and trained and trained and trained and trained. Yep. So it's the same thing with putting these drills together. Right. So Aisha Holmes says preparation is vital in cybersecurity to assist in mitigation efforts. Sure. It's true. Absolutely. But, and but, Aisha's a veteran. She knows. <laughs> so huh? they do. All of that. That's all you all do. <laughs> preparation. Well, you know, uh, that's that's the kind of stuff that goes on. So you, you want people to be able to think, act without thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I worked with a guy from the Mets 15 years ago, and he said to me, concentration is thinking about absolutely nothing at just the right time. Mm-hmm. So that has, all has to be in your subconscious mind. I'm doing a lot of work with golfers today uh, on helping them improve their golf game and to uh, – um, to use that this golf program to grow their business, well, you know, uh, it's it's a subconscious thing. Yeah. So Ben has something that's a, a good resource for people. Um, ben says here a great non-security talk about preparation and repetition, allowing automatic response during adverse situations. From Chris Hadfield, the astronaut, when he was blinded on a spacewalk. So for people who are watching who don't who you know don't fully understand all of this 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 is a really good talk thanks so much for that chris while we're in cybersecurity awareness month you know making people kind of relate making this relatable so it doesn't seem like such a mystery to everybody like oh wow what is this what does that mean what you know when they breach and they have my data what are they going to do with it so this preparation is this is cool thanks Ben. I, mean, I, I was i was impressed by this note that they said we paid the we paid the uh, ransom, and they and they destroyed the files. Who says they destroyed the files? You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? exactly. That's the thing. Because I mean, they're honest. Yeah. You have to believe them. They're honest people. They they said that they destroyed the files. So of course, we would believe that they destroyed them. No. So right. it. You know, it's coming back to, uh, but if you could send that that uh, piece to me about uh, just that, that link, the YouTube link. But, you know, I come back, anybody on here who's a sports fan uh, and who's old enough to remember Super Bowl III, uh, Dave Herman was the right guard that protected Joe Namath from Bubba Smith. Dave was 6'2", 250. Bubba Smith was 6'7", I don't know, 360. I said to him, how did you do that? He said, I watch game films. So I've had my professional football players, my quarterbacks here watching game films to be able to put into their subconscious the process that they want so they can view it over and over again. So uh, he said, oh, he said, I didn't watch for formations. He said, I figured when a guy that big has got to move forward, he's got to be standing out one foot just a little bit longer than everybody else. And I knew he wouldn't move till the ball was snapped, so I waited till his toe came up. All I looked at was his toe. The minute his toe came up, I hit him and I caught him on one foot almost all the time. So when somebody has four quarters and numerous downs to win a football game, how do you not prepare to compete? 
and and practice. I mean, you know, when you see these uh, dramatic rope rescues that the fire department in New York City's had in the last couple of weeks from uh, having somebody come down from the roof, these guys are practicing this stuff all the time. Right. They, they don't have to think about it. Yep. So, and the other thing too is, and you mentioned it before, the the knowledge base that the people on this phone call have is beyond the conception of most of the people who they work for, I think. I agree. So how do you, how do you know how much somebody knows? I work a lot with competency models. What's a competency model for a particular position? I've got a competency model for 35, 35 items that they use to assess senior executives in HP globally. And that was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So when people, when people hire somebody, do they have a competency model? If, if each person here had to duplicate themselves and was tasked with hiring a person who was like them, what would they look for? Right. I, I worked with a law firm, a personal injury law firm, at, who were expanding their company, expanding their practice. And I said to them, how are you interviewing people? Well, we're interviewing people for their past experience. I said, I personally would be experiencing for their dream. What's their dream? Where do they want to be? Where do they see themselves? And then, you know, you have to be able to assess creativity. But I think somebody who would put together a competency model for different levels of cybersecurity professionals, it would be an astounding uh, degree of information. I think there's there might be something out there, um, but I'll double check. I think in the NICE or the NIST framework, there may be, maybe, I think there are a couple of different things going on right now. Because um, I, I, too, am looking for assessments and things like that to to do the same thing. So Jeff makes a, two comments, Dan, and it's um, after the 30-minute mark, and I definitely try to keep these to 30 minutes during the week. Um, so Jeff says, in combination with incident response policies, organizations need to fully review and understand any cyber liability and response-based insurance policies. Know your coverage amounts, POCs in the process, point of contacts in the process, and how the insuring organization works to support your organization in accompanying SLAs, service level agreements. So uh, I can tell you, I am surrounded by people who do cybersecurity insurance. I've sent some to Renee. If somebody is looking to connect to companies that do uh, cybersecurity insurance, just contact me. Um, okay. Aisha says, I'm enjoying this conversation and I'm doing a research study for my dissertation and this is part of the study. I'm happy, Aisha. That's great, Aisha. That's awesome. So Dan, as we wrap right now, I just want to share with everyone that you have a couple things happening. You have your 15 minute speed dating um, uh, talks. So if people want to reach out, if you are, if you have anxiety, things like that, Dan is the guy, <laughs> he is the guru in this space. Um, so 
Dan, share with them. And I know you have, I think, a golf in the mind game, which is also everything is around mindset. So, Dan, talk to everybody about your programs before we wrap. Very quickly, uh, on November 5th uh, at 4.30 in the afternoon is a free golf and the mind game seminar to guarantee people strokes with their golf game without touching a club. Anybody who checks into that will, will notice just how close that is to what you do in any competitive level. Uh, on top of that, uh, as a way to attract clients, to your, if you're responsible for attracting new clients to your business, uh, we should probably have a talk offline with that. So the best thing to do would be to check my Calendly, take my phone number from Renee, call me and talk about the basic question is, what do you personally need to have happen right now that's not happening? Or what does your, your team within your company need to have happen when it's not happening? Uh, and that's where we go with that. So it's, but everything is specifically and individually designed for an individual. Can't hear you, Renee. Sorry, golfintomindgame.com, Dan's phone number, all that good stuff. Everyone knows how to, you can reach me and then reach Dan. I'll tag him as usual in the chat. And um, Dan, thank you again. Thank you, audience, for these awesome comments and questions. And we will connect again with Dan next week on Mondays with Dan. Right. That'd be great. Listen, have a great time. Stay safe. Stay out of trouble. <laughs> we can't do that. We're security people. We are security peeps. We cannot stay out of trouble. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great Monday, and we will see you. Um, I will see you tomorrow, but Daniel will see you next week. Okay, great. Bye-bye. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.